Welcome to the 200th episode of the podcast. <laughs> I can't believe we've done it. So over the last 199 episodes, we've been discussing books, topics, arguing, being in alignment, being not in alignment, and uh, just having a good sounding board of ideas and whatever else came to mind today to celebrate this milestone, we decided to talk about the best of the best or things that inspired us or changed our lives. Because in the last four years, our lives have changed very often because we were discussing things here on the podcast. Yeah, I can't believe it's almost been five years. Yeah, man, 200 episodes every week and the last year was a little bit sluggish so uh, a bigger break but still like 200 episodes man yeah yeah that that's amazing we both got ourselves a list kind of a best of uh it's tricky because it's a lot of material and i didn't actually re-listen to any of these episodes but those are the ones that i remember were impactful in some way like maybe a book that we discussed and, and the book was like changed my life, shifted my attitude about something, taught me something important. Um, or just a few episodes where I, where we explained some concept that's like dear to us and, and we find very important in our professional lives. Or I, I have a few things on my list which are just things that are very much kind of me, you know, like like stuff that, <laughs> that I, I enjoy and... I tried to compress into one episode to to sell the idea and, and, and make other people excited about that too. So just before we start, if you go to the podcast.fm slash TOC, yeah. uh, there are all the topics and we went through this list. So what we're doing is going through the list of topics that we discussed. So thanks for maintaining this page, Radek. Uh, we managed to... Um, like look at that and then see which episodes uh, influenced uh, us. So, <clears throat> should we start? Yeah, you go first. Okay, so I'll start with something light. So, um, digital minimalism. Ooh. Uh, the the thing happened where you started um, mentioning, you know, Twitter diet, uh, our problems with uh, social media, episode 105, 106, where we were discussing all these things, all these issues. Mm -hmm. And then the book, Digital Minimalism, which I actually recommended to you um, in episode 184. And uh, well, this was the last straw. Like you, like you pushed me to not to use as Twitter as much and Instagram as much. And um, what happened was that I went on a diet for a whole month and then I've never been the same again. I haven't been um, posting almost nothing on Instagram. I do use Twitter, but not as much as I used to. Um, I basically unfollowed most of people. I, I'm just following just a very short um, like number of people. So like, and I go to Twitter every other day or even less so so it's 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 crazy like i don't have this urge anymore i don't have that impulse to browse social media anymore which is great it's amazing you know i stumbled upon an idea or i decided to take a break from twitter 
in July of 2017, I had a short period of my life where I felt particularly overwhelmed and I was going on holidays and I just knew, okay, I'm going to disconnect digitally from that. And again, I've never been the same since. And since 2017, I've been pushing you to to give it a try, to like really take a break from Twitter. Not to try to change your habits or nothing like that. Just just, just go to cold turkey, take a rehab, and then you'll see that you won't be the same. And I wasn't after 2017. And I repeated that a couple of times because Twitter was something that I keep coming back to. It's just too valuable, but less and less over time. And I went through a few of these kind of social media rehabs and each time I found myself using less and less because I saw that the benefits for me are lower than I expected. So actually we discussed all of this, like distractions, addiction, social media, multiple times on the show. And oh, yes. there were multiple um, episodes and I struggled to pick one. You picked the one where we discussed digital minimalism. I picked 168, get bored. Where, okay, yeah. Which, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly, is the the most compressed, compiled um, summary of our ideas about that topic or my ideas about that topic to that date. That was in tw- 2018. Definitely digital minimalism was an addition to that. Now, uh, if you're fairly new to the podcast, what we tend to do if, like, we take care to put links in the show notes to previous episodes that are related to that subject. So we're recommending here two similar related episodes. But if that's something that's interesting to you, then you can easily follow the whole our story because in many of those episodes, we shared our kind of coping hacks and and mind tricks and like little changes in our lives that were helpful to us at that time which we don't even remember anymore because they're not important they're not relevant anymore but they might be to you all right so that's that, that's that and uh, so very impactful thing uh, so uh, now your turn oh okay uh i thought <laughs> i thought that counted as my turn but all right no not really <laughs> all right i'm gonna take take one of our early episodes 32 how to get fat, uh, which is a, um, <laughs> if I remember correctly, we named this episode this way because you messed up the name of the title that we discussed, which is called Why We Get Fat. And this yeah. is a book you recommended to me in 2015, which was very impactful for me. It changed my life. It changed my body quite literally. After I read this book, I understood something about my body that wasn't clear to me. I was borderline overweight for most of my life. Not very much, but more, I weighed more than I would have liked. And I I tracked my weight since 2010 and it went up and down and up and down. And I had, I felt like I have no control over it. I did things, tried things. Everybody is saying conflicting things and nothing worked consistently. And I just didn't know what to do. And things that seemed to work would stop working or would just be very hard to maintain. Then I read this book. I understood something fundamental about fat regulation in human bodies Um, and within six months with very little effort just some changes 
conscious changes, but not that much emotional effort. I lost in those six months 20 kilograms, which is like 45 pounds. And since then, over the last four years, I slowly, slowly, slowly gained weight. It's true. And we'll get back to it. But if you look at my weight over the last 10 years, it's still amazingly stable and the lowest I've ever been. And that's thanks to this book. So this is an early episode. So I suspect the audio quality and whatnot is not that great. But the discussion, the the book that inspired this discussion is top-notch, or at least it was to both you and me. Yes, uh, this book changed my life too, earlier, uh, because in 2014 I did the slow-carb diet and I wasn't convinced about the slow-carb diet because of the, all the diet bullshit that I read on the internet. Um, but this book confirmed what the slow-carb di- diet was all about. And that's why I went with it and I lost weight as well. I also slowly gained weight over the last six years. Um, but still, when I compare my body now to before, uh, it's, it's, it doesn't compare. Um, and I'm still um, uh, getting the hang of it. So it's, it's, it's fine. It's, it's, it's under control. It's not, uh, um, it's not uh, out of control. So yeah, uh, this, is, uh, this was a very impactful uh, book. And uh, here, a segue, um, before the show, we talked about the f- fact that it's actually, instead of rereading books again, it's mm-hmm. actually more useful to listen to our past episodes where we discussed the books. Yeah. So I'm actually going to download this episode and, 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 and listen to it uh, just, uh, just for fun and see if the audio quality is so bad. But I'm sure the discussion was great. So yeah. Let me t- tell you what, Michael. You listen to this episode and you tell me if it's good. Because right. again, I've actually, I've been slowly gaining weight by like a kilogram or something every year. And in the last um, quarter of last year, I gained a lot of weight. And in the last two months, I fell from 78 back to 74. And I'm on my way back to 70, 71-ish, which is the sweet spot for for my height and whatever. So this is relevant. So tell me if it's a good episode. And if it is, I'll really listen to it because yeah, you're right. I understand the concepts. I remember the the big picture, but this might be a good compressed reminder, um, which is forty minutes and not a couple of hours. Yeah. So um, a, another health related issues because uh, one of the things we are uh, as the podcast uh, co-hosts, we are the uh, health experts on the internet. Uh-huh. Um, Don't sue yeah. us. <laughs> so exactly. So um, episode eighty seven, sleep smarter, because of the hmm. book, sleep smarter was kind of important to me because it was also the first time I understood uh, what really matters in a good sleep and what doesn't, uh, like uh, like all these myths. And, and, uh, and it was a good discussion. And the problem, of course, is that implementation is still a little bit tricky <laughs> because I have kids and so I still sometimes put, uh, go to sleep a little bit too uh, late. Um, but at least it's like, even if I don't adhere to the advice there, I, I, I at least know how it works. And when it does work, I know why it works because like, I get it. And, um, and this was, um, yeah, it was also a very important thing to me to understand finally sleep because I was a little bit struggling with sleep, with, uh, uh, with the quality of my sleep. And I was actually arguing with my wife about some of the things hmm. and then turned out she was right. 
<laughs> turned out that uh, uh, that I, I I could be like now we are more aligned with with my wife about how we should sleep, like how we should you know approach this, and uh, yeah, it's a hit or, hit or miss, but at least we know how. So it was good for me. You know what, Michael? I've actually been struggling uh, with sleep over the last couple of months. Well, maybe not struggle, but I've my sleep quality has been worse. I've been having trouble falling asleep at a reasonable time, and so I end up going to sleep at one-ish and sleeping seven and not eight hours like I used to. So you know what I'll do? I'm going to release into that episode, and I'll let you know uh, if it's good. All right. All right. Now it's my turn, and I mm -hmm. have for my turn something quite easy and pleasant. Well, pleasant for me. Maybe it's actually very difficult and emotionally for many people, but it's 146, The Magic of Tidying Up. And it's the Marie Kondo book. <laughs> and yeah, my minimalism has been steadily growing over the last 10 years. It's been a long, um, long journey. And roughly every two years, I would have a big um, kind of moment of improvement. Roughly every two years, I'd hit upon a moment, maybe a couple of weeks of a sense of overwhelmedness with the physical or digital surroundings for me. And I would clean everything up and like I would get rid of a lot of things. And... Each time I ended up with less and less and each time I, I would still have a lot because it's a, it's a difficult emotional journey and to get rid of things, to decide you no longer want something, that you want to be more minimalistic. So it really took a decade and I don't know if that's the end of the journey. But in 2018, I finally read this Marie Kondo book which was another one of these roughly every two years moments when I kind of got another jolt, another big piece of inspiration about tidying up, about minimalism, about living simply and purposefully and expressing that through our physical surroundings and our possessions or lack thereof. And I did what she told me to do. I got everything out, everything out, touched every single item that I own and asked myself, does this bring me joy? And surprisingly much, even after eight years of continuous improvement, um, had a no for an answer. So perhaps in 2020, we'll have another one of these. Yeah, Marie Kondo changed my life too. I mean, my wife and me, we, we, we both... Uh, like fell for this for this with you know everything we had and it was great um we we uh, i even uh, explained to you that we took this question of does it bring me joy to everything that we do mm. now so so if there's if something happens in our lives we like is this joy or not like I, we, we, we like and we know what we mean by that like it's 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 very it's very cool because then we it's kind of a quick way to learn from mistakes or from some decisions, you know, to make sure that you don't make the same, you know, mistake again. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, very impactful, very cool. And of course, also, it's just nicer to have just fewer things. And also, it's good for the planet to just, you know, be using stuff that you really like and not just, you know, buying new stuff and cluttering and just having lots of things. So, yeah, very, very cool. Okay, it's your turn. All right. So, um, 
when we talk about stuff, I would like to um, head to our meta fantastic episode 162, Backpack Backpack Only, where we unpack unpacked everything on camera what we had what we brought on our nosby reunion it was a very cool episode it was uh, it was cool to see exactly what we had in our backpacks and this was of course as many things on this show a, re- a result of an inspiration first you told me about your trip to panama at in, in episode 114 and you told me that you went to panama for two weeks with just a backpack oh yeah which was mind blowing for me, and then you challenged me to to go backpack only to our uh, reunion, mm-hmm. and 162 was the episode where I did just that. And in 195th episode, um, where I was showing my new backpack, my another backpack, because of course I'm just trying to improve my stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the gist of it is, I haven't been packing like this ever before, and I just cannot pack in any other way right now anymore so i don't my I, I don't see myself you know traveling without a backpack anymore it's it's you've changed me man it's just so much better so much lighter and the benefits of it not just not paying for additional luggage not think, thinking about the luggage having two hands free is it's one thing but second thing also because of the cities that are changing right now and we have the bikes and all that stuff i can just move around the city faster oh, yeah. it's just I have nothing to, you know, to schlep behind me, you know, yeah. it's just, I just uh, take a bike and just, you know, bike somewhere because I can, because I only have a backpack. So, uh, yeah, it changed me. Backpack only, man. Yeah, I'm really proud of you, man. It's another <laughs> of those things that took a while from me sharing my excitement about this and prodding you slightly um, towards this direction. Uh, just for you to try and you being uh, kind of interested but resisting it and then you tried it and you liked it and then you liked it a lot and then you took the lead in this endeavor of minimalism and freedom and nomadic lifestyle um, which is actually uh, when we discussed the book why we get fat it's actually I don't remember if you directly recommended it to me or if i was just aware that you recommended it in general because you wrote it wrote about it on your blog but it was one of those things also in the other direction that that you practiced that you talked about and like despite our uh, our closeness it still took me years to absorb it and and realize i need to get on the bandwagon too all right it's my turn so let me recommend 170 live intentionally we're just finishing the annual review season new year's resolutions which don't work and are just bullcrap and so we've just discussed this very recently i'm gonna repeat this anyway so 170 live intentionally was also a culmination of many years of us discussing um the concept of annual review a concept of thinking deeply, reviewing your life, contemplating uh, your values, your projects, what matters, letting go of the things that don't, and just kind of figuring out a, a system, kind of in terms of what we do and how we think about things, that actually helps us achieve our goals, achieve our dreams, and live the way we want to, which um, New Year's resolutions almost never do. And we've discussed this over years, 
and in the episode 170 live intentionally you'll see the links to the previous episodes if you want to follow our journey but this one is the compilation the best of for this this topic this idea that we've explored and refined over years totally i agree the 170 episode was really very very good um, so i'm going to just sh give a shout out to one of the episodes that we linked there mm -hmm. so um the episode 128th planning with values uh, this episode was was also impactful to me because especially this year when i was doing my annual review i realized that 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 this is really important like the values that you have you personally like value are are critical to your to the way you work to the way you like to work like i've changed many things in my life for this year and then and just before the show we talked about it that uh, i'm feeling like i have the, the the best start of the year ever in my life mm -hmm. but it's because i realized what i do value and what i don't and and by by and i optimized my life based on the values that i really care about and this is so so this is not something to neglect i would also encourage to to, to get check out this episode because uh, it you may, you may think, yeah, values, whatever. No, no, it, it, because it's very per personal to you, like to what's really, uh, like what's really important to you. And subconsciously, you make decisions because of your values. So if you don't know what these are, you will make subconsciously wrong decisions and you will not even know why. So this is uh, something I would just give a shout out to. All right. So um, on the topic of, of, of this, I think one of the, one of the, uh, uh, biggest book that um, impacted us uh, was the book, uh, well, at least me, uh, was the Deep Work. Mm. And, uh, you know, when I saw the book, I was like, Deep Work, whatever. Like, <laughs> he already said everything in the title. Like, <laughs> why should I read the book? But uh, the optimizing for Deep Work, um, it was planning for Deep Work, 139th episode. Um, and also our discussions <laughs> around deep work over many episodes, like just as discussions, um, uh, were very important to me because uh, now I see how how much uh, I can really do in the time that I have dedicated for work, thanks to this, thanks to optimizing for deep work, mm -hmm. uh, thanks to also the other book, Essentialism, which we also discussed. Um, so th these two books, and this idea that it's really hard, it's not like a switch, it's really hard to get to deep work. Yes. Like it's You have to really, work on it was was critical for me because i just thought you know you just have to do deep, more deep work that's it <laughs> but it's more complicated than that so yeah it was very impactful for me and i see the the the, the you know the fruit of this uh, right now you know i i can see that this is a common running theme for the podcast a lot of what we discuss are very simple ideas really silly if you talk about them you can easily confuse them for like corporate mumbo jumbo quadrants whatever bs that i puke um just hearing about and and this this is one of those episodes that just seems so trivial if you have a certain um, frame of mind that it's just like uninteresting to think and talk about and yet there's just like I saw this book, I had it recommended, I listened to it, and it was hard to get away from it. Like, it was inspiring. Like, it was clear from the discussion that there's something about this, despite its obviousness, where I'm missing this in my professional life and in the way I work. And you can see, again, another uh, running theme of the podcast is 
it takes us years to like really perfect many of those ideas and and take it oh, yeah. from inspiration through exploration and experimentation to someday maybe perfection uh so 46 deep work was when we first discussed this book that was in 2016 and you mentioned 139 first tasks first that was in 2018 like it took me two years to figure out right. my own personal system of scheduling tasks and planning my own daily routine around my own experiences and my own brain wiring to actually get fairly good at deep work and i still suck at it you know <laughs> In 2020. And in, the, in one of the last episodes, I mentioned my new idea for core hours, yeah. which helps me get into deep work, which we will be discussing on this podcast in the future. So like, it, it, it's not, it, it hasn't stopped yet. It's, 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 it's getting there. Yeah. It's clear to me, seeing myself, seeing our discussions, how we improve over time and how impactful that is. And yet how much there is still to learn and to practice and just by doing it over and over ingrain certain better habits in ourselves to like actually get good at this. All right. Uh, let me talk about something else that we practice at Nusby. Episode 60, TGIF. Uh, oh, yeah. And let me just, just read the first um, sentence of the description I must have wrote, written in 2016 for this. Michael wants his employees to work less and still pay them the same. He might be crazy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. this was a culmination of many inspirations. Uh, I, until a certain point in our professional relationship, didn't work at Nosby full-time, but part-time, because I felt yes. the need to have a day or two a week to explore to do completely different things, to learn. You were inspired by many sources, by companies like Basecamp uh, practicing four-day work week during summers. Uh, many, many ideas, many companies exploring different, it, different variations of this idea that you need some different sort of space maybe to learn uh, or maybe 40 hours a week is too much for the kind of work we do and we can't actually be productive that much. And we we came to this idea that Fridays are different. We do the kind of professional weekly review with our tasks, our all the things we have managed in our systems to plan the next week. And then well, it's a perfect opportunity to learn something new, to explore, to play around with something that under normal thinking that rules the rest of the week, we don't have time for it because we have stuff to ship. But, yes, but yet we must budget for time uh, where we can learn something new, where we can learn things that we don't get to learn naturally on the job, but that will make us better at what we do so that we can build better products, make them more efficiently, and what have you. And again, uh, it's been introduced in 2016. We're better at it, and we still suck at it. And and just, just in the last six months in the development team, we've made a huge uh, change that's improved by, by a lot. How well, how good are we at using this time to learn new things, 
and we still have ways to go. And then the rest of the company, uh, the rest of the company is lagging behind, you know? So simple ideas, many years to really perfect the system. Yeah, uh, we recorded the episode 60 and then 70, uh, like uh, at the reunion to like have our, our first um, experience mm-hmm. uh, about this. And it's funny because um, this idea also uh, came from a frustration that I had with people not doing their weekly review. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and of, of people just being too busy to have that time for personal development and for weekly review. So, yeah. Um, and uh, this year, uh, our our idea when, when promoting Nosby Teams uh, will be also to promote more TJF, to um, to promote it f- uh, like globally and, see, and talk about it more. Because I think this concept, first, we have to be better at it anyway ourselves. This will motivate us to be better. But also... Hopefully, we'll have a bigger discussion with uh, other companies and other teams and other you know businesses that you can work differently. We don't have to adhere to uh, nine to five, uh, forty-hour work weeks the same way that everybody else, uh, because the way we do it, it doesn't work. Yeah, and we'll let the invisible hand of the market judge us in the long term. How how good are we? How efficient are we? with our ideas and turning them into products that people want to pay for. <laughs> exactly. We'll see about that. Okay. So, um, as you, you know, uh, one of the things I do is I work a lot on my iPad. Mm. And um, uh, I wrote this book uh, with my friend Augusto Pinot, iPad Only. Uh, I've, been, I've been using that iPad for quite a while. And there was an episode... You, 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 gotta, you gotta say when that was. The book. Yeah, so it, in, in 2012, uh, <laughs> I, yeah. I uh, sorry, I don't know really. 2012, I got my first, my, my iPad uh, Retina, mm-hmm. uh, iPad 3 Retina, where I started using iPad a lot more. Mm, and then uh, with iPad 4 uh, Retina, uh, I went all the way, iPad only. And uh, I've been using iPad as my main device uh, for, for the last eight years almost. So, um, so yeah, it's been, it's been a ride. And... Uh, I've been laughed at. I've been, you know, joked at. Um, uh, people were making fun of my semi-computer, um, uh, but I've been pretty <laughs> hap- uh, happy with this. And I remember you um, asking me about it and 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 uh, joking about it in episode hundred two. Then consulting with me in 108 uh, and then 118 <laughs> you started using the iPad <laughs> and then and then 166 we were we were talking about the iPad 11 pro so like like it's been a journey for you as well it was so funny that uh, suddenly you admitted that it's not really that of a crappy device and actually you can get lots done and it's actually some uh, some fun to use the iPad uh, as a computing device <laughs> I, I really love that, that you collected more than one uh, episode number for this because I think I think that really tells a story. Um, that was in late 2017, uh, by the way, and it was a period of my of my work life. Uh, 2017 was where I was doing very little, comparatively speaking, um, development, yes, like programming. Uh, because, and we didn't reveal that at the time, but we were working on at, on Nosby Teams and I uh, was doing a lot of design work, like pretty much throughout 2016 and 2017, 
uh, like first half or uh, and a little bit of second half of 2017, I was mostly doing design, not not coding, and exploring ideas and building prototypes or, or mockups rather, and and just thinking structurally about how we can build a completely different yet familiar Nosby that will actually be better. And at that time, that was just the perfect device <laughs> for me. You know, an iPad Pro with a pencil, the Apple Pencil, like I could do so much with it. If I had to draw, write things up, generally manage things, but not do too much coding. Uh, recently, I've not been doing, I've not been using iPad very much, not for my professional work. Uh, I've been, uh, I reverted many of my things to the Mac because it was more convenient for me to have things on one device. And yet it still continues to be this device that even though I'm not using it that much, I still carry with it with me everywhere. So when I pack, I always have both my Mac and my iPad with me. And there are certain things that I just got so used to doing on the iPad that just feel so much simpler on the iPad that that's what I do. Exactly. So there's a, also a change for you. So it was good. <laughs> All right. Uh, now it's my turn. And I'm going to quickly recommend two episodes. 152, Power to the People. That's July of 2018. And let me just read the first sentence again. It's loud, dangerous, costly, produces poor results, <laughs> and I love it. In other words, welcome to the world of 3D printing. See, in early 2018, I bought my first 3D printer, and that was my return to the hobby of creating physical things. And I've craved this for a decade, and I made multiple attempts to play with electronics and microcontrollers, because that seemed pretty natural for me to build something that's physical, where I could use my programming skills. And every time I attempted that, I failed and I got disillusioned and I couldn't do much with it. And I got my 3D printer and I loved it. And and I could do so much with it that just felt creative and somehow fulfilling intellectually while being completely different from my job, which is what was difficult about many of my hobbies and side projects where I just couldn't get to it, like I, I got bored with it because I saw at a certain point that 40 hours a week is, is, is enough for me for programming. Like I love programming, but that's my limit, but I can do something else and I, I'm still gonna love it. And since then I've progressed so much and you can see that on 196, hands are dirty, December 2019, where I discussed CNC milling in metal and making concrete casts and doing woodworking <laughs> and and that's been december man it's been so long since december i have so much more to add to it i've been learning to use the lathe i have serious uh projects going on with uh, laser cutting um I, i've been slowly getting back to a certain electronics and microcontroller project that's actually going kind of wow. well like my nth attempt finally succeeding i'll albeit very slowly also. <laughs> uh, so yeah, th those are kind of two, two episodes that are part of my journey into this hobby and really finding a hobby for myself that's very fulfilling intellectually and creatively and, and much easier to actually devote time 
after work into because it's so different from my job. Yeah, and it's so true. Uh, I well, I didn't get to 3D printing yet. Uh, I don't have the bandwidth for it now. But as I, as we discussed in these episodes, I, I I did a whole renovation of my home office, and my wife was furious with yeah. me. Why would you spend your time on it? Why don't you hire a contractor? She didn't understand that for me, molding this home office, like building stuff, you know, using hammers and things, using uh, 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 nails, uh, figuring out the materials, all that stuff. It's just it's just a great experience, a great jump or, or um, you know, uh, getting away from from my usual work and, and, and just gives me so much so much joy and, and, and seeing that work is, is fantastic. So, uh, yeah. It's I, I totally can relate to that. It's 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 and we discussed that also on this show that this is the best way to spend free time. Do something actively and not yeah. just, you know, sit on a couch yeah. and binge watch another Netflix show. It's 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 just so much more rewarding to just be doing something, but just something different than from what you what you're used to uh, during your working hours. Yeah, like if you work physically, then a great hobby is to sit in front of a computer and learn to code. And if you work all day long in front of a computer, a much better hobby is to do something with your body and not spend time in front of a computer. And that's just so much satisfying. Our brains are just so, are really not wired to do the same thing over and over and yet are capable of so much energy and inspiration and creativity if you give them enough variety. Exactly. So um, let me get back to another book that was also very impactful. And it was The Peak. Hmm. Uh, and the whole concept of oh. deliberate practice. So episodes number 80 and 81, and I'm sure in other episodes as well. But oh, yeah. uh, the, the, the whole concept of, of deliver, the deliberate practice, the whole concept of doing something in a more conscious way, of not just, um, of not just being better by brute force, by just repeating it over and over again, uh, was very eye-opening for me. Because, uh, like, as, as you know, I do triathlon training and all that other stuff. And sometimes I just do stuff because I just like it. So I'm going to just be, you know, going out on a bike without any ad- agenda. But sometimes I want to work on something. And then I know that if I really do a purposeful practice and if I have a feedback loop, if it, if it just all works the way it does, then I'm going to improve. And this concept, uh, deliberate practice, was very, very important to me, and it still is. And this is also one other key of me of our annual review, that I'm deliberately trying to do something else, to do something differently, and not just trying to, like, you know, try harder. Yeah, that's one of those things that I, I really haven't gotten good at. And I wish to, you know, at certain points when I used the Fridays, the TGIF, Mm -hmm. to do deliberate practice on, say, a new programming skill. Man, I've just learned so much in such a short amount of time. It's it's a technique I've been underusing. It's a strategy. It's not necessarily something you want to do all of the time, but it's an extremely effective strategy to improving a thing, a skill, until perfection. It's very, very, very effective. All right, let me change gears and talk about 149 Profit First. It's a book. It's a book. It's a system, simple system for managing finances for entrepreneurs designed about human flaws. 
okay? And it's something that was technically not directly applicable to me, but there was just something about it that was very inspiring to me. For a long time, I struggled intellectually with the with money. Intellectually in the sense that I kind of couldn't decide about my attitude and philosophy towards <laughs> money. Because, like, you know, on one hand, it's clearly not a motivating thing for me. Like, it's I, I don't base most of my decisions on the attempt to maximize it. Like, I've been privileged enough um, to reach a certain point above which it's just not that interesting and pursuing other things is more interesting. On the other hand, I, I do crave for simplicity in life and there are many things that you can uh, convert money into simplicity in your life. On the other hand, you're told to... Uh, to save up, to be frugal, to be um, smart about money and, you know, think about the future. And and all of these ideas are appealing to me and I couldn't decide. And that was one of the, the, the books along with other discussions we had on, on the episode 148. So the previous uh, episode where we discussed this, this tension, mm-hmm. right? Um and I've at that point I devised such a simple automation and kind of si- system and uh, and a set of rules of thumb to very automatically manage my finances and kind of think about money in such a way that I really don't think about it and I I think I strike a good balance between using the privilege to simplify my life and not have to think about it and yet uh, saving as much money as possible to be frugal to think about the future and I've actually improved on it over the years without expending too much effort uh, on it so I don't know I, I've, I struggle right now to sell this episode and this book but something about it uh, was inspiring enough that I had to put it on this list. Let me help you with that. So uh, th- this book was recommended to me by a friend, uh, a fellow entrepreneur who, who couldn't understand, who couldn't fathom why his business in theory pretty successful is struggling with cash flow all the time. And and mm-hmm. And after he read the book, he was like, Hallelujah, <laughs> and and he implemented this, and suddenly he's like he's calmer. He has uh, money in the bank. He has savings. Like like everything changed for him, even though the business was kind of the same, you know. And um, mm-hmm. and uh, I also just the other day I recommended this book to a, a fellow friend who was also asking for some you know advice if uh, uh, about this you know if I have any you know books or something interesting resources uh, um, uh, to to help him save, and I gave him this book. Um, to me, this book was a confirmation that what I was doing was doing right, <laughs> which was good. Right. I, uh, I don't want to brag, but it was, it was kind of, uh, because I, I always, I, I, on contrary, was struggling. Why are people struggling with savings and stuff? <laughs> you know, <laughs> because I don't know. For some reason, I got it right, and I and I have been doing this for years. And we talked about it that, that mm-hmm. we have the Nosby Foundation, where we just have money for charity. And for me, it was just so natural the way I was doing it, the way I was saving up for that. Um, and then this book also helped me also understand what I did right, where I can still improve, because there are also 
places where I can still improve. And, and also, uh, now I have a good resource to give out to other people, to, to help them realize that, that profit first, savings first, and not at mm -hmm. the end of the day, uh, if you have something to spare. So uh, yeah, it's, right. a, it's a great concept. Yeah. Your turn. So I would go to another book again. Um, uh, you see, we, we should discuss books this year more because these books oh, yeah. have changed our lives and, uh, and our perception. So um, Punished by Rewards. Um, mm, uh, nice. And uh, uh, so episode 100, 179, 180, um, uh, most, most of the time. Um, this concept of treats versus rewards, like how we should approach this, like I'm a parent, I have three kids, so it was very applicable to me, and it is very applicable to me. But also, uh, I remember you. Like it was so cool. Like it, after we discussed this, you at some point I said, "So I got myself this reward," and, and, you, and you and you corrected me. No, 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 Michael, it's not a reward. It's a treat. And I was like, "Yeah, you're right. Damn straight." So, uh, so yes, um, punished <laughs> by rewards, fantastic, uh, because it changes the way we we see this, and we realize it's true there is no extrinsic motivation. There is extrinsic pushing people to do something. There is intrinsic motivation. This also helped me realize why, um, why in, the, in our company, my job is to be the chief salesperson because I have to sell ideas to people because I cannot force mm -hmm. people to tell them, well, I can, but it's not really sustainable to just tell them to do this. I have to sell them the idea and then they will do it because they want it, you know? So it's it's like, so anyway, this book, and it's applicable to parents, to, to entrepreneurs, to people, just to everyone. Just this fact that we are motivated only from within, um, or greatly mostly from within, everything else is, is short-term, everything else is not really working. So it was really, really a good one. All right, Michael, let me help you on that one. Because uh, this is, this is the one where I struggled to see why others struggle <laughs> with motivation. You see? <laughs> yeah, because I, I may be a little extreme on that, that one. Like, I have a personality trait which, well, in different circumstances might be a serious flaw or <laughs> an advantage. But, like, I just, I, I so can't stand bullshit. And, and people telling me to do things I don't want to do that I've always lived in such a way where I do things that I enjoy. I do things where even, even when at certain times for certain periods things are tough and it's difficult because such is life, I get motivated. I get motivation from within completely intrinsically to do something. And if I don't, I get rid of it from my life. If only I can. I, I structure my life and I base my decisions based on the idea that I have to want to do this. You know, I have to know that this is, this is worth it and I'm going to do it because I feel like it. And I have to make choices and structure things such a way that I do feel like doing this. Because otherwise, it's just madness. I will always be miserable, and I won't, I won't actually be good at any of this anyway. Like, I'll do a crappy job with everything if I do something only because I'm forced to or someone is dangling a reward 
that I'm supposedly going to get if I do something according to their wishes, right? And so this was a confirmation for me that the way I live my life is is the correct approach <laughs> and clarified my thinking to like understand this explicitly that extrinsic motivators don't work on me and I have to nourish my intrinsic motivators to do things because that's the way to live uh, peacefully and actually productively. Hey man. <laughs> Let me take another easy one, just kind of fun. Uh, 132 reusable rocketry. That's February of 2018 and it was recorded in the very office at which you are sitting. That was the, the one and only time where I visited your home office in person and it was the day that the SpaceX Falcon Heavy had its maiden launch. And we watched it on a very big screen at your place. And it was a very great show, even though the YouTube uh, <laughs> the YouTube server, servers really messed up that one. And in this episode, I shared my interest, my, my passion, my fandom for uh, rocketry and for space exploration and explained in simple engineering terms um, a little bit of history on that and how SpaceX is slowly dominating the launch market by building the first truly reusable, economically reusable rocket. Whereas the NASA Space Shuttle, even though it was also reusable, never achieved that goal and actually failed very miserably. So that was just a fun one uh, for me to record. And uh, I think that was, a, that was a fun one. And I think that might actually be interesting um, if, if you're at all interested in, in, in the world and engineering, but don't know too much about uh, rocketry. So um, two things. First of all, uh, you visited my home office twice. It was the first time. And later you came the, first, the second time when we recorded episode about, about my sabbatical. So, oh yeah, hmm. I forgot about that. Yes, <laughs> uh, because you went, you came here once in 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 I think February, yeah, exactly. So in, mm -hmm. in in when it was cold, and then you came here uh, yeah. when it was warm. So uh, yeah, that's yeah. True. So that's that's one thing. But second thing, like just think about it. it we've like it happened like what two years ago, right? And um, mm -hmm. now we take for granted that the rockets they always come back and then just land. Like it's. It's, yeah. it's just so natural now. Like then, it was such a mind-blowing thing, and in two years span of rockets just you know being destroyed <laughs> over each launch, they just come back every freaking time. Like it's just whenever there is a new SpaceX uh, broadcast, everything just goes according to the plans. It's just it's just amazing. Oh, yeah. It's just like the leap that we've made in these two years in space exploration. Like it's amazing. Yeah, it's true. So the sabbatical, uh, it was also a very nice show, 158. Um, and actually, I enjoyed uh, sometimes recording the shows with you live. Uh, and uh, <laughs> it, we've had that a few times uh, on the uh, in the history of the podcast. And uh, one mm -hmm. particular uh, was uh, came, comes to my mind was the show um, where we discussed, uh, where I was preparing myself for InfoShare talk about no office. Uh... And... Um, yeah, that was special. Episode 145, um, uh, iterating on a draft live. 
it uh, it was funny because we actually met because we were uh, we were about to uh, go to a wedding of our colleague uh, Camille. Uh, so we were getting ready for the wedding, and and uh, our girls were actually getting ready more. So we had a moment to record a podcast, and because mm-hmm. I was struggling to get my my speech about no office uh, right. I, I, w- I wanted your comments anyway, so it was a great idea that we did it just live. Like you gave me comments uh, <laughs> exactly on the podcast, and I recommend everyone uh, listen to it because it's been a, it was a very good one. It uh, uh, and and the name of the show uh, don't say that <laughs> just perfectly encapsulates <laughs> <laughs> the feedback loops we've been going through. <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. I completely forgot about that one. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was a good one because I was completely unprepared for this. Mm-hmm. Like I haven't seen your draft. It wasn't prepared. It wasn't scripted. You just had a thing. I knew you were gonna have a thing for me, and we did it live. And whatever came to my mind, and uh, we talked about it, and and you, um, we kind of rehearsed together, and I gave you suggestions, and I told you not to say certain things that just sounded bad or stupid or just you repeated yourself or something like that and like it's the sort of thing where it's useful to have a partner to to see things that you're not going to notice because you wrote them yourself uh (laughs) and it was cool because it was life you know and it was kind of a snippet of of us working together yeah i was going through my mind map and 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 trying things and then also uh, what you also pointed out important um my curse of knowledge so my curse of that assuming that people understand what i'm saying mm-hmm. and, and and you could yeah. point it out that no michael this is not what they understand they will not know what you're talking about right now uh, so yeah perfect okay here's my last recommendation and that's 165 let's fix it and this is the one where we attempt to inspire our listeners to do things for the community, Mm -hmm. to the cities and neighborhoods and communities around them. And the reason why we did this is because we both had examples, such as me being involved in a bicycle association of my hometown, you being uh, at the parent associations at your daughter's school and a few minor things. We we had the experience of being helpful to the communities around us and doing our little part to impact, to make change uh, for the lives of us and people around us. And it wasn't that hard. Like we spent some time and effort on it and but it was easier than most people imagine. Very few people do any sort of thing like that because they imagine only the hero activists who devote their lives to a cause. And we showed many examples of how you can do something useful and have small but real impact on your environment without being a hero activist who has to devote their lives to it, but just taking it seriously that you're a member of a community, that you're a citizen, and with not that much effort, you can really be a part of this society uh, actively. That's a very inspiring one, but that's so true. 
Yeah, so um, my last one is something that you might not expect, but uh, it 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 had a bigger impact than you than you might think. So uh, Radek, um, I'm sorry, but uh, you are one of the founders of a very corporate bullshitty uh, theory, um, oh, and it's no. all your fault. Uh, so mm-hmm. in episode 65, request for comments, uh, you. Uh, drew an idea of a pyramid of communication. <laughs> I called it the hierarchy of communication, which is the non-corporate bullshit <laughs> way to describe this. Exactly, but I still... And I will fight you <laughs> for years to not say the pyramid of communication. I still like the pyramid better because it's, uh, it shows the, the, the accents, I mean, the, the, the weight of communication, where it is and where it, shouldn't, where it should be. Anyhow... Uh, this has been uh, in many iterations and in many uh, ideas. Uh, first of all, the draft of many of my uh, speeches and webinars, because uh, this kind of exa- encapsulates uh, the way we work at Nosby, and um, it, and it was a great way to show people in a more tangible way how we do it. And uh, uh, I'm just very very surprised how this you know episodes just converted uh, into something that people can really relate to and they um and they uh, listen to me talking about it although you know it was here conceived here on this very show in the end it was very impactful and it's still um to this day and uh, it shows how we work it shows uh, how we should work and we want people to work and it also um highlights other things that we do like asynchronous communication you know the, the like nosby nosby teams like all that stuff so it's it's very cool. Like this thing happened here and it, it just grew from there. All right. I'm out of the recommendations. Are you? Well, I'm never out of recommendations, but let's stop for now. <laughs> we, are, we are good here. I think this 200th episode has been, will be one of the longest ever, but it's a nice celebration of everything we've done over the last 200 shows. And, and I want to keep going and I want to keep talking to you and I want to keep re- discussing more books and uh, keep changing my life. I like the change. Yeah, me too. I really hope I, well, not just hope, I intend to uh, really get back big time this year to discussing books because I feel like 2019 was weak in that respect for, for both of us, maybe especially to me. And looking back at this list, many of the most impactful ones were about books. And the books were often an inspiration, a beginning for a journey, for an idea, simple or complicated, uh, that we would then continue to evolve over years to make a significant impact on our lives and tell the story of it on the show. So we need more of these beginnings because many of those things we're we're reaching perfection with and I, I crave for more. I can see how many of those ideas we've discussed before, we've gotten good enough at that there isn't that much we can improve. And yet we can see how we're still not good enough, how there's still ways to improve both personally and as the whole company, as the whole team. So yeah, here's to the next 200 episodes and hopefully many more years of the podcast. Thank you, Alec. Thank you.